Welcome to the Westside Gathering Podcast, and thanks for making the time to learn and grow with us. Here, you'll find teaching from our live Sunday gatherings. After the message, we'll say a little more about our church and how you can connect. But for now, let's jump right in. Hey everyone, it's good to be with you. I know we're exclusively online today. Thanks, Steph, for welcoming us uh, to our gathering today. All this month, as you know, we're going to be online. And last week, uh, we hit a topic in Romans 8 called Inspired Intentionality. And today, we're going to continue. It's kind of like part one, part two, which I'm calling Inspired Identity. So if you got your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 8, and we're going to read the same verses we read last week, but I'm going to focus on the last three. So, um, hey, read it with me as we open this up together. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Let's just pause for a moment and invite God to speak through to us today. God, we quiet our hearts. We pause and posture ourselves to hear from you and hear from your word. Um, may what I say be beneficial and may we trust that you're going to say even more uh, through your words to us today. In your name we pray. Amen. If you remember back when we started this series, Romans 8, the first couple of verses start with this affirmation, right? No more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because the law of the Spirit has set us free from the law of sin and death. And back in that first talk, in those opening verses, I highlighted that Paul highlighted that Paul uses the word for, or maybe some of your versions is the word because, in a couple of sentences to explain why there is no condemnation. And he continues to use this phrase, and he comes back to these explanations that keep building his case throughout the chapter. So we just read these two lines. For all who are led by the Spirit are children of God. And then he says, For you did not receive a spirit of fear, but a spirit of adoption. And here, here's the big idea in verses 14 to 17 that we're going to focus on today, that the one who is in Christ and filled by the Spirit is a child of God. This is your identity if you're in Christ. Now, this is really important, and Paul actually reaches back to the Old Testament, reaches back to a significant story in the life of Israel, one story that was the most formational in Israel's history, and that's the story of the Exodus. And to help us, he does this to help us understand how deep this identity runs in his people, whether it's Israel or the church. And Israel, if you remember, was, was rescued from Egypt. They walked through the wilderness post their rescue from Egypt. They were leaving a life of slavery, and then they were tested in the wilderness before they get to the promised land. But God gave them a title or a name in a sense. He called them sons and 
daughters. Right back then in that story, sons and daughters, or his children. In other words, he was trying to let them know and help them understand they are not slaves to that empire anymore, but they are his children. Right? In the Old Testament, this idea was adoption into God's family as his people Israel. In the New Testament, as we understand the church as an extension of Israel or the new Israel or part of now grafted into God's family, adoption is confirmed by the indwelling presence of God's spirit in us. So that's why Paul can say, you've received a spirit of adoption. They've, they've received it. They've welcomed it. Now, the idea of adoption goes into that first century culture. They were living under Roman rule. They would have understood what adoption meant to a Roman society. And what it meant in that society is that if someone was adopted into a family, if they would have had debts or things against them, all their previous debts would be canceled. And they would be incorporated into that family and into that inheritance. And that's pretty awesome. So if a son or a daughter, a boy or a girl would be adopted into a family of three and that family becomes a family of four, then that son or daughter also uh, receives that inheritance, also is part of that family, also is loved and connected. And so Paul is letting them know, all your debts are paid. You're no longer a slave to any system. You're now a part of God's family. That's why in verse 17, he can say something like, you're heirs of God, you know, like an heir to a family. You're heirs of God or co-heirs with Christ. You and Christ share God as Father. You and Christ share God's promised future or what we might call your inheritance. Now, it's much more than a label or a declaration. It's very personal. That's why where Paul will say this phrase that is one of the most striking phrases in the New Testament that even strikes against the grain of what some people think religion is. He says, when we cry, Abba, Father, that word Abba, Father, is like calling God Daddy. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is the very spirit bearing witness to our spirit that we are children of God. Paul's trying to get at this idea that something inside of us is telling us who we now are, that it's not just a feeling and it's not just a label, but God's very own spirit is speaking to us, impressing on us, prompting in us. That's where he gets this phrase, bears witness to our spirit. His spirit bears witness to our spirit. It's like there's communication going on. There's a woman in our church, her name is Andrea, and um, she's an awesome person, does great work in her vocation, and she has an adopted son uh, who, who she cares for in incredible ways. And before this season of her life, when Andrea was a little younger, she visited the country of Ukraine, and she spent weeks at an orphanage there with two months old and three months old and five months old. And the reason she spent time in that orphanage wasn't to paint the walls, wasn't to clean up the floors, it wasn't to go collect food. She spent time holding these babies. She spent time holding these adopted babies. There's some science behind this, that a baby in its earliest days, weeks, and months, if it doesn't feel love or connection, doesn't develop certain things that are necessary for it to survive and for it to to grow in a healthy way. 
What Andrea did by going to the Ukraine and spending time in this orphanage and holding these babies was to help them develop a deep connection so they would know they were loved, that they would know that they would be cared for. And that, even that short time with these kids made a huge impact, not only in this small season of their infant life, but all the way into their future. Well, God's Spirit is in us like this first sign that one recognizes God as Father. And that's why I call today's talk Inspired Identity. Because it's more than just an inherited identity. It's more than just a name. It's inspired or it's inspirited. It's accomplished by God's very own Spirit in us, bearing witness to our spirit. And here's why this inspired identity is so, so important. Because you and I, whether we recognize it or not, or whether we articulate it this way, we will be tempted to fall back into fear, to fall back into a culture or a system that often wants to enslave us, that often wants to label us, that often wants to dictate our lives for us. We're constantly bombarded by messages that aim to control us or enslave us. We're often in a cultural wave of messages about what freedom means and what sexuality is and what our identity is and what, how much wealth is important or not and what success looks like in our possessions and experiences. And so what I want us to think about today particularly and for this week as we reflect on this passage is three ways I think we can really grow in this inspired identity. And, and the first word is this. It's to recognize the Spirit's voice among other voices. Among other voices. Yes, it's true. And it's fundamentally true of Paul saying God's Spirit bears witness to our spirit. But there are other voices around us, right, in our lives and so the Spirit's voice is affirming your adoption into God's family if you're following Christ. It's affirming your, your relationship, the relationship we have with God, our Heavenly Father, our sonship, our daughtership. The Spirit of God in us is affirming the new creation in us, this, you know, Peace of God's kingdom versus hostility. Love of God's kingdom versus hate. Generosity in God's kingdom versus greed. And so we must learn to recognize God's spirit or God's voice among other voices that are around us. The second thing to do and the second word I want to give us is to nurture the spirit's voice among the other voices or over the other voices, to nurture that voice. Why? To make room for what God is doing in you, what God wants to affirm in you, how God is shaping you and who he's made you to be. I recently listened to a podcast, uh, a great podcast called, uh, I think, Theology in the Raw or something like that. And the interviewer um, was interviewing a girl who transitioned to a boy and then in his early 20s transitioned back. And it was a fascinating interview in, in why that took place, why this person transitioned, why they transitioned back, and the complexity of that. And the person who interviewed them uh, is a Christian uh, and has an incredible relationship with the LGBT, LGBT community and, and such. And I was listening to this interview, and, and there was a moment where the interviewer asked a question, and he asked, you know, what did this person hope their parents would have done for them before they transitioned the first time? And so they were thinking about it. And the interviewer asked a little bit preemptively and said, you know, do you, do you wish your parents would have stopped you? And 
This person said, no, I, I, I wouldn't have listened to them. Even if they would have told me, I wouldn't have listened. I was determined to change. But then, you know, they continued the conversation and this person responded, you know, if there was one thing I wish my parents would have done for me, I wish they would have helped me turn off the internet. That's what she said. I wish my parents would have somehow helped me turn off the internet. And they went on this conversation and she went on to describe what she meant. She said, for me, in that age, that season of my life, the internet was always on. It was always in my head through music, videos, through social media, through games, through all kinds of things. And, and this, this person admitted, she said, I never had time to just think. I never had time to just think, to just process my thoughts, to just consider who am I and, and who am I meant to be. And she went on to say that kids need that time to think. And you know what? Adults need that time to think. And I know that this sounds like an, maybe a, a unique situation, right? But what this person is saying is true for all of us, regardless of what we're thinking or feeling or going through. We need time to think. We need space to think. We need to also nurture the, God's voice in our lives. And so I ask you this question. What voices are filling your head? What messages are capturing your attention? And are you making room so you can nurture the Spirit's voice that wants to keep affirming that you are God's child? And the last word is, is to then live into this identity as God's child, who you are, and whose you are. So important. Paul will say that you, will be, you must be ready to both suffer and succeed as this identity grows in you. Succeed because we grow in confidence and love and belonging. But suffer sometimes because as we follow Christ and sometimes in the contrast to this world, we can go through suffering. So I want to just close in this way, which is so important. Think about this. Recognize the voice of the Spirit among other voices. Nurture the voice of the Spirit over other voices in your life. And then lean into the voice of the Spirit that's affirming in you over and over again, that's bearing witness to your spirit that you are God's child. I want to read this text slowly and prayerfully, or I'm going to encourage you to read it on your own, actually, to take time this week to think through it, to reread it, to, to, to just pause and reflect and make room for God's voice in your life. I'm going to ask you to do something else if you, if you can. There, there's an, a great song called No Longer Slaves. You can find it on YouTube or Google it. And it's a wonderful song that just describes that we no longer are dominated by the empire, the system, or anything that tries to enslave us. And it's a great song just to remind us who we are in Christ. And then I encourage you to, to even uh, you know, pick up our discussion guide and, and take the conversation further. Well, let me just pause and pray for you uh, as we wrap up today and as Stephanie wraps up for us as well. God, thank you. What a beautiful truth. We are your children. God, that we can call you Abba, Father. That you intentionally are at work in us. So our spirit will know that your spirit is at work in affirming this identity that we are adopted into your family. God, we revel in your love. 
your care, your concern, your attention. Help us this coming week and ongoing to recognize the voice of your spirit, to nurture it and to live into it, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this message helps guide you on your spiritual journey of discovering the life and message of Jesus. We update this podcast weekly, so why not hit subscribe and journey with us? Who are we? Westside Gathering is a local church in the West Island of Montreal. We're a simple community of faith where we want you to feel welcome, even if you're not into church or religion. We meet every Sunday, but you can also find smaller groups, environments, and resources for all ages between Sundays. Find out more at westsidegathering.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Vimeo. We'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, ask for help, or let us know how we can pray for you. If you'd like to contribute financially, just go to westsidegathering.com forward slash giving. Until next time, peace.